Welcome. Glad you guys are all here. Uh, this weekend when you come into church, you're handed the notes, and if you want to grab those uh, real quick, we'll jump into the message. While you do that, let me welcome all of our campuses, all five, Lone Tree, Lakewood, Castle Rock, Highlands Ranch, our online campus, and everyone who will hear the message. If you call yourself a part of JFC or if you enjoy uh, anything that we produce, we just want to welcome you, and we're thankful that you're here. You heard our campus pastors a moment ago mention um, the impact that some of your giving's having, so I wanted to give you a quick, quick report. Last couple of weeks, we had... Um, two projects outside of the normal giving uh, that, that we, we requested funds for. One was Laugh Out Loud Ministry, the one that's in Belize. So if you were here a couple of weeks ago, uh, they were here and they just gave a quick report on what they're doing. And here, here's what's really cool about that. Right before we introduced them, they spoke for about five minutes. We just gave them an opportunity to reintroduce themselves to our congregation, present any needs that they have. But right before I went up, uh, for, for my part to teach, um, I leaned over to the couple and I just said, do you have anything specific that you need the Lord to, to do for you right now? And, uh, and Melissa, who, who is, uh, um, they're, they're a team, she, she leaned over and she said, um, John, we need $30,000 to finish off part of the house where we've got all the orphans at. She goes, we have everything as our, our, our kitchen, our family, everything's just mixed together as one we need to be able to separate this so we can do it for a long period of time. And uh, I, I felt like the Lord said to me, now remember, two, two couple weeks ago, very snowy. So I'm like, God, this is crazy to get up with, with most of our people listening probably, you know, in the next couple of weeks, not this week in particular, and ask for money. But I felt like the Lord said to me, there's one family. That's all it will take. So I stood up and here's what I said. Uh, they need $30,000 in particular and I feel like there's one family. And there was a couple that wrote a check for $30,000. Right, right, right then that night. All right, that's cool. And that's, that's you know, in addition, again, these, these are things above and beyond the regular. Well, the following week, we have uh, last weekend, um, we, we come together for a night of um, just worship and prayer and just a really cool night. And I've got another project that I'm trying to fit. There's always a project. I'm trying to fit in a project. So there is a, um, it's a kid's home in India, and they rescue kids out of, um, out of the sex slavery. There's no other way to say that, young kids. Um, and the problem is that the, the home that they go to uh, doesn't have good security. And we need to, for 10,000 bucks, we can build a wall that'll protect these kids because what happens is once they rescue the kids, the same pimps that have pimped them out come back and steal the kids at the first opportunity. For $10,000, we can build a wall to protect these kids. I mean, that's, that's a drop in the bucket. So I, I'm just like, uh, where am I gonna put this? And so we got the prayer night, and I, I know not, not you know, it's, it, there'll be people there, but, you know, is, is, is there gonna be that level? And uh, so we just shared, hey, here's the need. You gave $20,000 for, for that to take place. So, so not only were we able to uh, completely help out, laugh out loud, and get them what they needed, but then also um, build this wall, plus give them see, $50,000 above and beyond your normal giving. I just wanted to tell you the impact that you're having. What a, what a difference it makes when we listen to God, when, when we're able to be generous like that. And thank you then for your faithfulness too, because it's not just like, okay, so let's give it all towards projects. You know, if, if you give it all towards projects and we don't do the things we need to do. That doesn't, we gotta do both. 
Both of them have to be done. And that's what I want to thank you for. You listen to God in that. What, a, what an honor it is to be able to stand up here and tell those stories. What an honor it is to give away your money. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. Um, let's, let's go ahead. We're going to finish up our series uh, called The Spiritual Life. We're looking at your spiritual health. Tonight, I titled the message uh, Breakthrough. So this weekend, we're going to talk about breakthrough. I'm going to use uh, Luke chapter 18. I mentioned the last couple of weekends uh, the, during this time, I have just, Luke 18 has just been the place I've been kind of camping out. I've been living there, reading it over and over again. Felt like the Lord has just shared so many new things with me here. Um, and and uh, when, I was, when I was reading it a couple of weeks ago, uh, the idea of breakthrough prayer just really stood out to me in this particular passage right here. So, so let me read it, and then uh, I'll give you a few things to know about breakthrough prayer. Uh, one, day, one day, Jesus told his disciples a story to illustrate their need for constant prayer and to show them that they must keep praying until the answer comes. That right there, there there's an entire message right there. Because I think for most of us, if you're like me, I, I pray a lot. But to keep praying and to keep praying and to keep praying until you get the answer, I'm not sure that that's always in our nature to do. Do you agree with that right there? I think that we tend to throw things out and we hope like, just, you know, I need the quick answer. And not everything comes in the quick answer, does it? In fact, a lot of life doesn't happen that way. And here, so I, you may be thinking, so why, do, why, why can't God just, why can't he answer it quick? Well, he can. And it's not as though, I just gave you two examples of God answering quick prayers. Yeah. But I think that many times we tend to, uh, we marginalize our relationship with God by quick answers. Sort of like we put him on our time, God, I'm really busy, so do this for me quick so I can move on with another part of my life. And here, I, I, remember God's position is, look, I made you, you didn't make me. But I think we try to make God in our own image many times, don't we? And one of the ways we do that is when our prayers are like, I'm going to say this one time and then I need to move on. And I think God's like, it. just hold on. Pray, keep praying, keep coming to me. All right, so then he, he, here's the illustration. There was a city judge, and the judge said to himself, uh, he was a very godless man who had great contempt for everyone. This is not a very nice person. A widow of that particular city came to him frequently to appeal for justice against a man who had harmed her. You may have a translation that said uh, what she wanted uh, was justice over her adversary. Justice over her adversary. It can be a noble purpose to pray for justice over an adversary. You know that, right? It is okay to pray that way. So um, the judge ignored her for a while, but eventually she got on his nerves. <laughs> and here's what the judge says to himself. I fear neither God nor man. So remember, he was godless and he didn't like people. He said, I fear neither God nor man. He said to himself, but this woman bothers me. And I'm going to see that she gets justice, for she is wearing me out with her constant coming. <laughs> I love that right there. And then the Lord said, if even an evil judge can be worn down like that, don't you think that God will surely give justice to his people who plead with him uh, day and night? Who plead with him day and night. And the idea here, uh, there's another passage of scripture. When I read that, I was reminded of it. When Jesus is teaching on the idea of relating to God as our father and us seeing ourselves as his kid, he makes the analogy uh, that he says, I'm sure that every father in here can relate to this. You love your children, don't you? He makes that analogy. All, all fathers, all parents, can, yes, I do, I love my children. And then Jesus says this to draw a, a conclusion between us and the way we do it and God the father in the way. He goes, compared to God, the way you love is evil. Yes. 
He goes, God loves us perfectly. And the way we relate to him should be that way that he, he is. If, if even as humans, we know how to love our children, how much more our heavenly father who created us. So relate to him that way is what Jesus is saying. And I think there can be a, a, a point driven home with this right here, that when Jesus uses this earthly judge, the thought here is Jesus is not comparing this earthly judge to how God, by coming to God over and over, you'll wear him down. That's not the idea. Well, he's making the analogy that a human being will eventually give you an answer simply because you keep coming and you keep coming. How much more so God who is perfect and loves you and who wants to answer your prayers. If you keep coming, it's his delight to answer your prayers. And he gives us this analogy that we're supposed to draw from this. So using this story very quickly, here, here I, what I want to do is teach you three things uh, to know for breakthrough, to remember for breakthrough, to, to, to pray for breakthrough. Three things that I think uh, I can just relate in my own life to how this works. So um, three things to remember for breakthrough. The first one, uh, breakthrough requires persistence. It just simply, that, that what this teaches us off the bat and more than anything else is that it takes persistence. You can't pray once or twice and then be like, I remember uh, years ago hearing a guy that was like, he really taught on faith, how to have faith. And his point in his whole message was, Here, here's the proof of, of faith. You pray it one time, never pray it again if you believe it because you have faith. And that's the exact opposite of what Jesus did. This has nothing, if you have faith, you keep praying. If you have faith, you keep going to God. That may be the proof of faith is that you don't give up and you don't quit and you don't grow tired and you don't say finally, hey, God's, God's done. You keep praying. You never give up. Breakthrough just takes, requires, needs persistence. So on spiritual breakthrough, it's very true. I'll give you a great analogy. Uh, you, if you attend and listen to this message from one of our campuses, from one of our physical locations, every one of them has a story of breakthrough that took place. Now, the original one was Lone Tree. So let me tell the Lone Tree story real quick. The piece of property that Lone Tree sits on, we first planted the church down here, there was no more property to buy for churches at the time. It was, it was already done. Now, since then, they've opened some up, but there, there's a story with that. At the time, there was none to buy. And we, we looked, okay, we're in a school. Where are we going to go? We found a storefront. But how do you get out of a storefront and actually build a building? And there was no property. This was the only piece of property that was left at the time in this area that you could build a church on. And what was on this property, if you lived here for any length of time, you might remember you drive by, there was a cross that sat right in the middle of this piece of property right here for the longest time. And I didn't know who owned it. I only knew that there was a cross on it. And I remember stopping my car. We needed a piece of property so desperately. I got out of my car and I would do this about three times a week for over a year. I would walk on this piece of property, I'd walk around this piece of property, I'd walk back and forth on these pieces, and I would just, I would preach on this property as though a church were right here on this spot right here. And I would stand on the north, and I could see on the north part of that property, I remember standing there one day, seeing a fountain that flowed all the way to the south, and I felt the Lord tell me, John, once you have breakthrough, you will make it easier for other churches that are planted in this area to find property. And I remember just, just standing on that piece of property. It would be muddy, it would be snowy, it would be springtime, whenever. I would go out there. I ruined two pair of shoes on this property before, and I'm serious about that. And just walking on this piece of property, the Lakewood property. I remember at one point, uh, Pastor Evan and I talking about the need to start a church and to want to plant, but know where, to, where do we go? How are we going to do this? And it was right at that time, getting a telephone call with, with some folks that belonged to that church, but were attending our church. Does that sound? Yeah. Belonged there, but attended ours. 
and said, our church is closing down and we don't want the building to fall away. Would you guys be interested in it? Well, let me pray about it. Okay. <laughs> but Evan and I, over and over again, the prayers, the, 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 just the bombard. The, when you see it happen, you look at it like, oh, they're just lucky. Or, oh, they were in the right place. No, the prayers, whatever you see happen represents a bombardment of heaven prior to it. Does that make sense? So that we look at like, the fin I want the finished result. Pray then. As though you have the finished result before you have it. Amen. Hold out, believe, pray, keep going to God. It's God's delight to answer those prayers. But many, any great thing I've ever done in my life has come through persistence. How about you? Yeah. Think about that. Every once in a while you get lucky on something, but most of it is persistence and going and going and going. Here's what I recognize about myself when it comes to the spiritual issue of breakthrough. My spiritual life is probably much more like an earthquake or an avalanche than a big snowstorm. Here's what I mean by that. A big snowstorm, a couple of weeks ago, we have a great big one. You remember? Great big, Snowmageddon is what they called it. Snowmageddon. The end times is here. Jesus will probably come back before the snow melts is what they're alluding to. Snowmageddon. And you remember that within 24 hours, 36 hours, we get a pretty large amount of snow, right? It happens sort of all at once. But when it comes to the idea of like a spiritual breakthrough, I think it's more like an avalanche where it builds and it builds and it builds. And then when you see it, everybody sees the result of it. But what happened before that that caused an earthquake? When, when an earthquake happens, uh, uh, we see, boom, this big crash all of a sudden. But the pressure that was there for years for decades that suddenly released and also you see the result but it's the thing that just you keep building and you keep building I think prayer many times you just keep building and building and boom when it releases wow but it's that thing that happens underneath it for such a long period of time never give up never stop never quit never the devil works over time to convince a believer that your prayers are not being heard, answered, or cared about so that we, we give up praying, don't we? We stop. We, we, we just sort of languish in it. And then there's not a return. Never give up. Let me just give you this second one. The idea of this story is that this woman got breakthrough over her adversary breakthrough over the adversary. I don't know what adversary you might be facing in your life. I don't know if it's an actual physical adversary or if it's a spiritual adversary. I don't know if it's something that you fight uh, as, a, as a habit or something that you're just like, we need to overcome this. The enemy's just got us in a place. I don't, I'm not sure how to phrase that, but if I were to talk from my own experience and breakthrough over the adversary, um, an area where we, uh, we have fought hard uh, with our children, I think that having five children, um, you know, we had, a, we had a couple that were um, compliant. They were compliant. I could raise an eyebrow. Never, let alone never have to raise my voice. Do you, do you understand what I mean by that? But then I had two or three that were like me. 
and who, who had their own ideas about how things should be. And I remember, I remember at times feeling as though the enemy were winning. So let me say on behalf of every parent in here, tell me that the number one thing when it's all said and done, the number one thing that when you stand before the Lord, that the circle of your family is unbroken. Tell me that's not the number one thing. What would you trade on that day for a family member who's missing? Would you trade your bank account? Would you trade wearing out your knees in prayer? Sure you would. You'd trade anything for that to happen. So when I say this, understand the picture here is that the outcome cannot go any other way. My children, I want them to serve the Lord. And there were times when seeing it go the opposite direction, fighting the right enemy becomes important because you can oftentimes pick like a kid as the enemy. And you can't win if you pick the kid as the enemy. So it's like in marriage, if you pick the spouse as the enemy, you can't win if you've got the wrong enemy. And it manifests as though that's the enemy, but that's not the enemy. With children, it's the same thing. And just realizing, I've got to fight an unseen enemy for a seen child. Prayers that... And I thought, you know, my family, my poor family, gets held up so much of... It's a fishbowl. And I, 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 I try to be careful on what I say and what I don't say so that it doesn't put them in, in funny places. With... I've got a son that's special needs. And early on when we found that out, he was, he was a young child. And I remember thinking, if God would just heal him, if the Lord would just, just touch him. You know, and I, I'd pray that way. And I remember going through all that. I said, okay, I'll anoint him with oil. I'll fast, fasted for him. Pray, God, just touch him. When do you stop praying? This is a legitimate answer. Let me just throw this in real quick. When do you stop praying? Well, um, let me give you an example from Scripture. Hezekiah in the Old Testament was told, hey, you're going to die. Get your house in order, you're going to die. How'd you like that word? <laughs> and this is what the Bible said. He turned his face to the wall and prayed to God. Repented and prayed to God. Give me more time. And God okayed his prayer. So even, I was going to say, you quit praying once God answers your prayer, but here's what I know. Prayer can still change the mind of God, believe it or not. It can change the mind of God. With the son with special needs, I'll give you an indication here. I would pray and I would pray and I would just pray, God. And I had a dream one time. This happened probably, it was after he was an adult, after years of praying. had a dream. Dream went like this. I was in heaven, and I looked around, and he was standing in front of me, and he starts talking to me normally, like you would talk to a person normally, and his eyes look normal, and the conversation is really lucid, man, and I'm like, ah, and he's like, dad, it's all good, look what God did for me, and we were rejoicing, and it's a dream I woke up from that I didn't want to wake up from, you ever been to that, you know, you realize it, and you're like, oh, ah, I don't want to wake up from this. It was so awesome. And from that, here's what I felt like the Lord said to me. John, 
healing is in my will, but not all healing is here. Some healing is there. And either way, it's all good. So I didn't feel like the Lord said to me, stop praying. But what I felt is, I got this. I know what's in your heart. I know what you want. And I'm going to answer your prayer. But it may not be right when you want it, right then and there. But ultimately, he'll answer my prayer. The greatest thing about that is, it gave me great peace to just be okay with where we are for right now. I have the grace to handle that. We don't believe for anything less, but we're okay until we get it. How about that? I remember I had a wayward one one time that just simply was like, hey, I got to go my own way. It's hard when you're a pastor at times. The wisdom to have God just tell you as you're praying, I got this. Let go. That is hard. It is hard. But how big is your God? And what do you believe about your prayers? I believe that the Lord just said this. Put him in my hands. I think I just gave away the sex of the kid, didn't I? Yeah. I won't tell you which one. And Chris and I, all we could do, you know, sometimes in life you just realize, all you can do is pray. And we feel like, oh, that's such a weak place to be at. No, it's one of the best places to be at. It's when you finally come to the end of you, God can. We just totally came to play. Okay, we're just going to pray. Oh, my goodness. I, to this day, I don't know what happened. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know the story. I can't get the story. All I know is that one day, he decided, enough. I'm going a different direction than I've been going. And I'm like, okay. It's all good. We're good. Let's go. God delights in answering our prayers, man, but fighting the right enemy, going after the right thing, asking God for breakthrough, for justice over our adversary is a righteous prayer to pray. Is righteous to pray that over your marriage. It's righteous to pray it over your health. It's righteous to pray it over your your children. It's righteous to pray, give me justice over an adversary who's trying to take them out. God delights in answering that prayer. Now, when you pray that, don't don't pray. Lord, give me me justice. Pray it like this. Give me justice. God loves. That's what the book of Joel says. God loves to pay back for what the enemy has stolen. A hundred times what was taken. Love that. Pray that. Pray that. Pray that. Hold that and pray that. How about breakthrough by pressure? Breakthrough by pressure. Let me share you a a, a neat scripture from Matthew that talks about this idea. Um, Jesus is teaching this. He says, from the days of John the Baptist until this present time, the kingdom of heaven has permitted. So I love this word right here. Uh, Some translations, older translations will say suffered. Uh, Another way to say it is allowed Uh, So the kingdom of heaven has permitted, suffered, or allowed violence. But it's not talking about like physical violence. It's talking about spiritual violence. So from the days of John the Baptist until the present time, the kingdom of heaven permits, allows, suffers, puts up with violence, spiritual violence, and violent 
people, spiritually violent people, seize the kingdom of God by force, as though it were a precious prize. A share in the heavenly kingdom is sought with most ardent zeal and intense exertion. In other words, if you see something spiritually that you want, here's what the kingdom of God allows. Get violent about it in your spirit. Go for it. Start praying. Claim it. Hold on to it. Don't give up. Don't pray like a wimp. Pray like God is going to answer your prayer. And if you knew God was going to answer it and you were desperate about it, how would you pray? You'd seize it. You'd grab it. If you could do anything about it, would you do something about it is what it's saying. Or you just pray, well, pray the Lord my soul to take it. Pray. We're in Israel. I've seen, I've seen the, the illustration multiple times, but I heard the Lord say to me, that's what I mean by the pressure of prayer. We're in, you're familiar with the term the wailing wall, correct? Those of you who have not been with me, it's, it's actually called the western wall. And it's the, it's the, the, the last remaining uh, physical available, viewable part of the retaining wall that was around the temple. And it's where Jews and Christians from all over the world go to pray. They stand in front of that wall and they just pray. It's just considered a holy place. It's a neat place. And the stones that are made up, are they're massive. Some, some of them are, are 40 and 50 ton stones. They're incredible. Now, you go back, though, to Solomon's time when the original temple was built and the retaining wall, how did they... How did they, they don't have the tools that we have. How, so they do this demonstration when you go in there, and the way that they would quarry these huge stones, so they would take a chisel and a hammer and just chisel out a small piece that would fit a beam of wood, like a four by four. And the wood would sit inside of the little channel that they chiseled, and they begin to pour water on the wood. And they would do this for whatever, one month, two months, whatever it took, the wood would swell, and it would shrink and swell, and eventually the pressure of the wood would split the stone perfectly. And they would then be able to take the stone, the chisels would quarry off any rough edges, and then they'd move it in place. And it was the pressure of the wood swelling that would split this massive stone. Now in Colorado, we have this wonderful thing that happens during the wintertime with our roads. What a perfect example right now, right? So the water, this little amount of water, hits this really hard surface. And if it can find any little crack, it goes in, and then when it freezes, it swells, and then it thaws, and it swells, and it thaws, and you drive over the result of what a little bit of water can do to a very hard surface, yes or no? Can penetrate the hardest surface. This is the example that we have of prayer by pressure, that when we go over... It has a invisible violence. An invisible violence takes place. And if you could picture yourself that when you pray, it's like that water that just goes, and it soaks and it expands, and it soaks and eventually, boom! And what we pray and what we ask for, the Lord delights in that. So I put in the fill in the blanks real quickly, I'll I'll say them so that you can get them. Your prayers matter to God. Your prayers matter to God. Your prayers are being heard. 
your prayers are being heard and your prayers will be answered. So I, two quick things. Um, recently, I had a friend's daughter, pastor friend of mine, daughter got married up at uh, Resurrection Fellowship, Northern Colorado. I used to work up there. And we went up to the wedding and uh, on our way up, it was just Chris and I, um, Chris, we, we've been married 31 years, but for our 25th anniversary, I, I, maybe you can relate to this. When we got married, I had 300 bucks to buy a ring. That's what I had. So I gave her this little thing that if you look real close, might be a diamond, right? <laughs> and she wore that thing for 25 years. And for our 25th anniversary, I saved and I went to see my friend, Steve Williams, Williams Jewelers. Go there if you need jewelry. He's a great guy. <laughs> so why would you... Say that about him because he goes to church here and he tithes. So let me just quickly. <laughs> let me just say this. So I go see Steve and Steve really, he treats me right. And I'm able to buy Chris a diamond that is uh, a representation of my heart. And she loves that ring and, you know, it's fun. It's fun. We're driving up to this wedding and uh, she takes it off, puts it in her lap to put lotion on. And um, we get there, we get out of the car, and we go to the wedding. And after the wedding's over, uh, she stops, uses the restroom. She comes out of the restroom in a panic. She goes, my ring is missing. And I said, what do you mean your ring is missing? She said, I can't find my ring. My ring's gone. So we start searching the church like crazy. We go back into where the wedding was, and I'm crawling on the floor, literally. I've got the custodian staff down looking. The reception's going on, and we're out here. So we go into the bathroom, we tear the bathroom apart. I go to the, it's freezing cold and there's ice all over the parking lot. I've got her driving the car behind me and I'm walking in front of the car with the lights on the ground. It's amazing how much ice looks like a diamond. Yeah. And I'm trying to cover a parking lot that probably parks 1,500, 2,000 spaces. I don't, I mean, we're going from where the car was to where, then we're, you know, did she leave it on her lap when she got out of the, what, where, where's this ring at? We're looking, we're looking. If we, we're praying, God, please, please. If we look for probably a good hour and a half, we cannot find the ring. And I just say, okay, we just, we're going to have to go home. And I'm thinking, will my insurance cover this? I'll try to get you another one. You know, all the, and on the, on the way home, one minute I'm full of faith. We just need to pray. And then I pray and then she'd be full of, okay, we just, let's just pray. Eventually, we're just, we hit about Longmont. We're like, what are we going to do? And we just prayed one more time. And right then and there, we both had the same thought. Our children's pastor at our Highlands Ranch campus happened to be at the same wedding. And she was still up there. And so Chris and I almost simultaneously said, let's call Dion real quick. Have her look where we look. Maybe she'll see something we didn't see. So we get a hold of her. And uh, on the phone, she gets up. She walks into the ladies' bathroom. And long story short, a trash can that Chris and I did not see. I don't... I cannot explain this to you. I walked in that bathroom. She walked in that. We, we dumped the trash can on. We missed a trash can somehow. And Dion walks right to the trash can, talking to us on the phone. She feels like, I, I feel like the Lord said, look right. She dumps it out, and there's the ring. There's the ring. So you go, well, that's, come on. For me, for my wife, I cannot tell you what it meant that the Lord cared enough about something like that for us. What's your thing that God delights and longs and wants to answer in your life? What's your ring? 
What's your token? What's your symbol? What's the thing that may have gotten lost, misplaced? That's easy to give up on? Or to think, you know, it's not really important to God. It's huge. I think he delighted in answering our prayer. Oh my goodness. What was the rest of our car ride like going home? <laughs> we had church up in there. <laughs> Let me share with you a prayer request that we have right now. Got two of our precious staff, Terry and Brenda Hilgers, our Connections pastors. Brenda finds out a few weeks ago she has stage 4 ovarian cancer. No warning. No, no nothing. It's, it's a difficult one. So our staff is praying. I'm sharing this with you because we want you to pray. We just need to keep going to God and going to God and pray. All of our campuses and all who hear this and all who love them and know them, they've touched so many. We just need to pray. But our staff gets together the day before she starts chemo and we just pray. And I just said, Brenda, what do you want us to pray right now? Specifically, what do you want? Well, obviously I want to be healed. And she said, yeah, I want God to be glorified no matter what. But she said, I don't want to be sick. Would you pray that? Now, we're not through this yet. And I realize as I say this, there's a lot of way to go in this. But since she started it, she asked for these two, I don't want to be sick and I want to be hungry. I, want to, I don't want to be sick and I want to be hungry. Since then, starting it, going through the process, she has not been sick. And she has been hungry and has eaten well. More so after than before. Now, you go, well, yeah, come on. No, you come on. We'll take it as an answer from prayer right now, and we will keep bombarding heaven, and that's what we are going to God with. That's what we're going to God with. On behalf of Brenda. On behalf of one of our own. Hmm. Prayer is such a, it's such a multi- Prong, multi-dimensional, multi-faceted issue. It covers relatively minor things in our life like a lost ring and major things in our life like a health issue. Things that are irreplaceable like a child and needs that we have every day to have a roof over our head and food to eat. God delights in answering our prayer. And the right place to come to at the end of this message is to say this, that we should have faith in our heart to believe that if an unrighteous judge would answer a widow's prayer, how much more so a righteous God who loves us and knows every need we have before we even bring it to him, but still tells us to bring it because he wants us to talk to him, wants us to trust him, wants us to bring it to him. That's our God. So, Father, we do just that thing. We trust you. 
Lord, I end the service the way that we begin it. We pray. We look to you. We speak to you. We, we, we bring all of our attention and our focus to you. You're our Father, our Creator, our God who loves us and knows us, the number of hair on our head. You know the needs that we have before we even speak them out of our mouths. You know what goes on in our hearts. And it's your delight as a good Father, a merciful God, to answer our prayers. Now, God, when I say that, I know for so many people what they hear is, God wants to give me everything that I pray for. The truth of the matter is that what you really call us to is to love you, trust you, and abandon ourselves to you, and then as we pray, you do give us the desires of our heart, but you want to enter our heart so that our desires are right desires. They're correct and they're true. They're upright. And Father, that's where we come to with you. Lord, so many needs, so many people that will hear this and so many needs are represented by it. Lord, you tell us to bring those needs to you and that's what we do. Thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for loving us and for caring for us. Thank you that you're the God who heals. You're the God who's more than enough. Our provider. Our father. And Lord, we do all together pray for Brenda right now. And in the name of Jesus, Lord, we ask that you would extend your hand to her right now, your grace and your mercy, and heal her body. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, touch her and make her whole and fill her with your life right now. And Father, put her on our hearts that we would bring this to you over and over and over again, not grow weary, not grow tired, but to bring it to you who loves to comfort and answer and be with your people. And God, I thank you for hearing our prayers right now. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.